Yo, people, what is going on? Welcome back to the next episode of Primal Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour, here with your host, Chris Story. Now, guys, for all the returning listeners, you know the shit by now. You know what's up. There's a few things that we have to cover before we can kick today's episode off. The first being, guys, a massive thank you, as always, to the continuous continuous love and support that you guys are showing me after each and every episode and I know I say this at the beginning of every podcast but I really do mean it because it means the world to me so I I want to be able to say it back to you guys because this is my way of being able to communicate and talk to all of you all of you that are giving me two hours of your day it's quite a bit that's quite a percentage of your day that you're listening to me so yeah means the most so if you could drop me a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts on what's the other ones that I'm on Stitcher I don't actually use Stitcher so I don't know what that's like again if you can leave a review do that for me please that would be great if not hit me up on Instagram at Primal Alchemy UK and just let me know what you think give me some feedback love me hate me whatever it's it's all uh, it's all valuable for me it's what I need in order to grow to grow this podcast and make it as enjoyable and as uh, beneficial for you guys so, yeah, as a massive thank you again, I always give you guys an exclusive 10% discount code. That's the code REDPILL. That's the code REDPILL that when used at checkout on primalalchemy.co.uk, you'll get 10% discount on anything in your shopping basket. So again, guys, if you're brand new to Primal Alchemy and this is the first time that you're uh, joining us, then check the website out. Use the discount code. Grab yourself a Vitruvian protein. So that's going to be our flagship organic whey protein superfood powder. We've got adaptogens in it, nootropics in it, prebiotics in it. We've got a shit ton of other high vibrational superfoods that really do make it what I believe when I created it to be the uh, the best pound for pound health supplement in the world. Only supplement in the world to be certified organic, paleo and keto certified all at the same time so uh definitely guys check it out see what you think and we've also got another little treat for you today which i'm gonna drop in just a second or two after moving in to who the guest is today so today's episode is with mr wade lightheart so wade is a free-time all-natural bodybuilding champion he is a nutritionist holistic uh health coach and he also owns a really dope as fuck company, guys. Really good. Um, they create health food supplements just like Primal Alchemy. And they're called Bio-Optimizers. And they create some of the world's best prebiotic, probiotic, symbiotic, uh, gut health promoting products on the market. And I've been a big fan of them for a long time. Hence the reason why I reached out to Wade, because he is an expert when it comes to the gut, when it comes to natural bodybuilding, nutrition, and I had a lot of interesting uh, questions to ask, and he seemed like the guy, let alone that I used their products back in the day as well, so I really wanted to uh, pick his brains on it, on how he formulated it, what's the best sort of strains for probiotics that people should be looking for if they're looking to increase their... Um, or increase or optimize their gut microbiome, which is all the rage nowadays. So I really did grab him because he is one of the best specialists in the world concerning this. And as a treat, Wade and Bio-Optimizers are hooking you guys up with an exclusive offer, which you can check out in the note page or note section below. It's going to be at biooptimizers.com forward slash alchemy. And yeah, Wade and the gang have hooked you up with something yeah, a bit of a treat for you if you're interested in grabbing some of their uh, some of their products and taking your gut health to the next level. So, guys, let's uh, jump on into it and get today's episode up and running. Again, please drop me a review afterwards. Let me know what's up. So, Morpheus, tell these fools what's up. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. As above, 
so below what lies without resides within time for growth to begin mental physical and spiritual we find balance with all three as we focus on totality the whole not the half this is for those on a spiritual path Looking for the clues to the answers of life But the truth ain't always nice So leave your ego at the door Let your inner lion roar And your spirit soar As we go deep down to the molecular level Tap into the body with some yogic breath Throw in some calisthenics for a true strength test Like the shamans of old We use nature to heal With a little bit of DMT to reveal This whole life journey is a little surreal And your mind needs a leader Not a follower in life Let your mind be the master And you pay a hefty price This next 60 minutes is about self mastery it's not an easy path and it's a lifelong journey but we up to empower with this red pill initiation hour with this red pill initiation hour brought to you by Prima Okami the matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth three two one oh shit and we're back guys episode 32 of the red pill initiation hour this one as always i've uh pulled it out of the box got another top-notch guest on and really excited to have him on as always this is this is turning out to be a very surreal experience for me in that i'm now able to talk to people that just like maybe you may do one day you listening to me and you're just like fuck i like what this guy's got to say for himself that was me at one point in time, and I used to sit there in university and my time on the ships, my time creating the Prime Alchemy brand and listen to podcasts, listen to videos on YouTube, and listen to these guys and be like, man, I'd love to be able to talk to them. Like, yeah, that would be, that would be so cool. And then here I am, guys, manifested this reality, and today I've got a real gem on in someone who is full spectrum as fuck. He knows what he's talking about. He is a specialist in so many different, uh, so many different avenues. Real, really wise for his years. Uh, walks to walk as well as talks to talk, and it's great to have him on. So I'm going to give a warm welcome to Mr. Wade Lightheart. How's it going, buddy? Dude, great to be here, man. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. And it's uh, like we briefly just said then before we started to record. I used to listen to you for a while, like just dating back to when you were doing your natural bodybuilding. And obviously then you went on with your business partner to create your brand that you do now when you create these real kick-ass supplements. And there's, I don't, again, I'm relatively new to this whole industry. So I don't really know what the politics are, if how people talk about other people's brands, but I'm, I'm in this to help people. And with people that, are in need and come to me for and ask me for help. And if I, like, I've got one, I got one product on the market at the moment and it, it fits its purpose. But for, for other um, issues that people have, I'm just like, yo, you need to check these guys out. These guys make the next level probiotic next level enzymes. And I always push them your way. And uh, I don't know if that's what other people do within the business. I don't know if, if people would like to try and, almost like scarcity mind frame where they're like, Oh, let's, let's keep it within our business. Keep, keep, keep it in here. Keep it in here. We do the best of everything. Um, I'm not too sure if that's the gig, but just for me, it's like, it's all about helping people, turning people on to others that are on the similar path to myself. And uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of gave you like, that was a bit of a weird introduction to you about you allowing you to be able to uh, actually talk for yourself about who you are and your background. So yeah, wait, if you just want to give us a little bit of a, a little bit of a breakdown of yeah who, who Wade Lightheart is and what he's got to say for himself then yeah we're uh, we're going from there well you know I think we're always in the process of discovering who we are and uh, so I'll do my best to give a historical representation to kind of maybe explain my backgrounds and uh, but who I actually am I'm still like everybody else peeling the layers of that onion so uh, I guess Life was pretty ordinary for me. I'm just an ordinary kid from Canada. Nothing extraordinary. Grew up in a rural part, you know, played hockey, went to school. Today. Just just plain old, you know, thing. And then uh, when I was 15 years old, three distinct events happened to me that 
set my the course of my life in a direction that I didn't anticipate. One, my parents moved to a very rural place. It was 15 miles or five miles to my nearest neighbor up a dirt road. The telephone poles ended at our line. I had to take a snowmobile out to catch the bus. I mean, it was pretty rural. I was shocked being 15. I was taken away from my friends and my community and that stuff. So it gave me a lot of time to reflect. And although I hated it at the time, that turned out to be a blessing because uh, I started to internalize processes, which I don't think a lot of people do today just because of the, we have a lot more input with social media, internet, stuff like that. We didn't have things like that back then. So I'm that old. Uh, (laughs) Second thing that happened, and this all happened at virtually the same time within a very short period of time is my sister was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, which is cancer of the lymph nodes. And I watched her go through the medical model, chemotherapy, radiation, bone marrow transplants, uh, catheters, Uh, The whole enchilada, which was a horrific, uh, terrible experience until she died at the age of 22, four years later, she was four years my senior. So that had a deep impact on me because I remember we would take her home from hospitals and things like that. And she'd be getting sick after her chemotherapy treatments or radiation. She'd be bedridden for days. And I was like, I don't understand how the cure is making somebody more sick. And that was kind of a naive understanding. I don't profess that I understand, you know, chemotherapy and radiation and, and medical industry and that, that mindset, but it just didn't make sense to me as a 15-year-old. The other thing that happened was she gave me a bodybuilding magazine that had a picture of Troy Zuclato on the cover and two pretty girls. Troy Zuclato was this blonde-haired, super muscular guy that just won Mr. California, and he was living in this la-la paradise in California and training at Gold's Gym and, and, and driven mad with testosterone, as most 15-year-old boys are. I was like, wow, man, I don't look like him. Maybe, maybe that's how you get the girl. So I bought the Joe Weider story. <laughs> and uh, I decided that, well, I didn't have a gym, and there was, you know, so I needed to build one, and I, and I built a gym inside my barn and I started training and reading Arnold Schwarzenegger and reading uh, Joe Weider magazines and all this sort of stuff and decided that I was going to build up my physical body because I thought if I built up these muscles and I built this training that I would become healthier and I'd become more vital and maybe avoid the situation with my sister. Uh, That led me to uh, go to the same year my sister died. I went to exercise physiology at the University of New Brunswick, got a great background in I would say the, the, the basis of science of everything, but it was, it was like compartmentalized areas that didn't actually unify into anything. And so it was great, but it was also disappointing. So after four years of that, I was like, geez, I still don't really know anything. Um, what am I going to do now? So what I started to do is I started to study people that were producing extraordinary results. And in the meantime, I, you know, bounced around the industry uh, working in nutrition stores, running gyms, uh, eventually opening up my own store and all stuff. And I kept doing bodybuilding competitions. Eventually, all over time, long story short, after 16 years, I got to represent my country at the Mr. Universe. I won the Canadian National Championships and a whole bunch of stories I'll leave out of the picture on that journey. But at the end of the day, I got to go to the Mr. Universe, which was my dream from that 15-year-old boy. And I thought, way, yay, I'm there. And I, so I competed at the Mr. Universe in 2003. And after that contest, I went from Mr. Universe to Mr. Marshmallow. I gained 42 pounds <laughs> of, of fat and water. And I was totally wrecked. And I was like, how does this happen? I've got the best coach in, in the world in this sport. I've got Spartan discipline. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to doing. I've reached the pinnacle of what I would say cosmetic performance. And somehow I've missed the boat somewhere, right? Like, you know, so I was, I was shocked. I met a doctor. His name is Dr. Michael O'Brien. Um, he was a senior citizen, perfect skin, looked right through you with his eyes, had incredible vibrancy. And I'm like, how is this 70 year old more vibrant than me? Cause up to this contest, I'm feeling terrible. I got aches in my pains and joints. I'm hurting. I'm tired. I can't sleep properly. And they're just saying, well, that's normal. If you want to compete in this sport, that's just the price you pay. And then um, I talked to him and he said, Wade, he said something to me that changed the course of my life. And he said to me, Wade, you've learned to build the body from the outside in. But you haven't, what you don't know is how to build the body from the inside out. And that really struck me 
like a lightning bolt. And I was like, that's true. I've, I, I, I've, I've learned all these functions to make this cosmetic idea, this physical performance, this externalized version of excellence, right? And I achieved that at the price of my internal biochemical and organ function because that was the only model we had. And from there, I started following. I went on a completely raw food diet. I took massive amounts of enzymes and probiotics to recondition my digestive system because as Hippocrates said so many years ago, all disease and health starts in, the, in, in your guts. And uh, I started to mentor under Dr. O'Brien and he taught me the, you know, like a, like a Jedi master, the ways of the internal force. And uh, I was able to recapture my health and vibrancy and physical performance in six months. And the best part was not only do I look great, I felt great internally. I didn't have the aches, didn't have the pains, didn't have the brain fog, didn't have the cravings, slept perfectly. And I was like, right. And I started teaching that. Matt and I started a company, the, the bodybuilding company you're talking about, Mass Times Inc. We sold a course called Freaky Big Matchly because I was like, oh my God, all these bodybuilders are going to end up in the same place that I did. You know, if they're following the traditional methodologies that are being advocated and all the sources of that, I know sooner or later, they're going to run into problems. It might be at 30, it might be at 40, it might be at 50, but they're going to go off the cliff like I did. How about we help avoid that? Um, I was a personal trainer at the time. And so we started doing some radical things back then, talking about enzymes and me meditation devices and cold therapy. And like we were, you know, very controversial at the time. And we had a following. And then we got to test a lot of these principles with over 15,000 people that we worked with directly. And, you know, we had boards back then. They didn't have social media. So we were in the archaic times of the internet. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from that, we eventually cultivated a company that we felt great about. I made a comeback in 2007, went to the world championships, won a couple more Canadian championships, felt great, did better at the contest, reached what I felt was my genetic potential. And uh, from there, I was like, okay, we've got something that's really working. And we took that to the world and eventually realized that the number one problem that uh, most people are having and why they gravitate to different diets or why they're not having as much energy or why they're not feeling their best or why they're having, you know, suffering from, you know, mental, physical and emotional states is because their digestion's off because it's the diseases of the modern era. And the one thing that we do better than any other company is fixed digestion. So why don't we just focus on that? So we moved from a bodybuilding company to a digestive health company. And I advocated a, a, a program of transformation through our course uh, through our company and Matt and I being personal trainers ourselves together when we started out, we just expanded that journey uh, to reach a broader audience on the worldwide scale. So that's the summation of my entire career up to this point. And uh, so thank you for tolerating all that information. No, that was great, Wade. It's, uh, it's always good to have the rundown from the man himself. And uh, yeah, I guess we can just jump straight into it then. Uh, one of the things that I do want to cover with you, just because obviously it's your bread and butter, is to do with digestion and the the modern day epidemic of poor digestion, not just poor digestion, but pretty much disastrous digestion in most people. And it's it comes from, there's there's so many variables that you can add into this whole equation of what, what creates bad digestion and what... My internet stable is no, nope, you're good. We just had a little glitch. Yeah, it's cool. Whatever, it's 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 sort out. Um, yeah, there's so many variables uh, for bad digestion, and they don't necessarily always have to come from food either. Um, obviously, food is a important variable, but let's start on that, and then maybe we can branch out into some more esoteric shit in terms of what else is what environmental triggers are going to be affecting us. Uh, internally in terms of our ability to digest what we're actually eating and what are what is it that we're actually eating that's causing the issues and are we eating things that we've been told are good for us that is good for our digestive tract which actually isn't uh yeah just a few things let's uh let's just let's just fire from there all right so buckle your seat belts everybody because i'm going to take you on a little bit of a ride um here's the thing first off um Everybody in the nutrition science, everybody in the performance science are advocating various diets or methodologies to achieve a certain outcome. Those outcomes will be determined largely in part by that person's genetics, their epigenetics, the uh, chosen lifestyle, and the chosen performance parameters or health parameters that they're trying to achieve. And the thing is, is every single diet has both advantages and disadvantages. 
okay? The one fundamental problem that so many people overlook is the actual mechanism of how you convert whatever it is you're consuming either into building blocks or into energy units and how well you are eliminating what's the waste. That's the first functional problem. So what I have found that people gravitate, I'm going to kind of go on a big macro scale here. People gravitate or find performance benefits on diets that suit their digestive pathways or their digestive uh, processes. So for example, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, my business partner is a, has been tinkering with the ketogenic diet for over 25 years. He's an early adapter in that program, which has now kind of really gained popularity. I've been a vegetarian since 2001. We're at pretty much the polar ends of the spectrum, but we both understand the digestive things. Now, if you go back to his lifestyle, early on in his life, he ate a lot of sugar, which probably compromised his amylase pathways, which is a, the pathway that metabolizes and digests carbohydrates. In other words, you convert that in. So when he went to a ketogenic diet, it was much better for him, less inflammation, less problems, easier, better brain function than if he was riding the carbohydrate train. For me, as a guy in the bodybuilding and competitive stuff, I couldn't perform at the highest levels on a ketogenic diet. I could get lean. I could maybe do an endurance type you know, process. But I love, my body does well on carbohydrates and, and, and not too much protein, which I had a high protein diet when I was a kid. So we start to see these kind of divergences. And then, of course, everybody falls on a bell curve. So what happens in today's world, and I'm, I'm doing this because I want the listener to understand why people get gravitated and locked into a certain type of thinking that limits them. In today's world, if you become a keto guy or a paleo guy or a vegetarian guy or a vegan or whatever the heck it is, what happens is you go to a community that reconfirms your cognitive biases and generally the most extreme version of that person, the one that it works best for or the one that's most vocal now becomes the spokesman for that group, which is representing a very extreme part of the bell curve, right? Mm -hmm. They're in that 2% zone. They're the people that overcame cancer and, you know, their metabolism rocked out and everybody believes that they can be that person because they're assuming they have the same genetics, the same epigenetics, the same environmental stuff. And that's just not the case. And so, uh, you'll see these waves come in society where people kind of run towards this diet and a whole bunch of people get on the bandwagon and there's research supporting it. And then all of a sudden, some, it's not working for some people. And finally, someone says, hey, this isn't working for me. And then they go to another group and they, find, and, and they just jump on another bandwagon because now they move to the high end of that bell curve and they become the advocate of this. And then they, and now you have these food wars with people. So I'm hoping to just set the context here so if you're on a particular diet or practice is that you understand I'm not advocating I think all those diets can work for people but what we have to address regardless of the diet is our digestive system which is the way that we uh, consume digest absorb utilize and then eliminate what's left over. And in our human bodies, we start chewing the food, it goes down the esophagus, okay? It enters in the upper cardiac portion of the stomach. That's where the enzymes that are supposed to be present in the food are breaking it down. After 30 to 60 minutes, hydrochloric acid comes into the body, and that starts to change the pH. It also serves as a disinfecting agent for bacteria and pathogenic microorganisms, you know, that that can like parasites, for example, as it exits the, uh, the stomach, then it goes into the uh, intestinal tract before it does. So it needs to be buffered. That acid needs to be buffered by bicarbonate buffers, which is a fancy name for alkaline minerals. It goes into the intestinal tract in the intestinal tract. That's where your microbiome, which is anywhere from 250 to 500 different microorganisms that are essential to life. And I would say 10% are good, 10% are bad, 80% are opportunists based on your diet. And that's changing all the time are going to take the rest of that materials. And they're either going to convert that into usable energy units, use it into uh, building blocks, or they're going to convert whatever's left over into toxins inside your body based on the microorganism. And then if your peristaltic contraction, uh, which is the, the smooth muscle contractions that moves that product, the waste product out of the system, uh, then you're going to be fine. The problems come in, number one, we don't have enough enzymes in our diet. If I'm a tiger and I knock down a zebra, I eat that zebra in a raw live state. I, I kill the zebra, I go in and I take the entrails out, 
where all the enzymes and microorganisms and probiotics, I eat that first and then I eat the rest of the carcass. If I'm a horse, I select the, only the freshest ripe grass because it has the most enzyme-rich food. So all species on the planet, except humans, eat their food in a raw, live, natural state, which is enzyme-rich because as soon as you cook it, 114 degrees, you lose all the enzymes. This is the Elan Vital, the life force within food. Food that is process that's gone through irradiation as it travels borders and stuff that eliminates the enzymes so it doesn't rot packaging cooking processing the wonderful things that we've cultivated as the human race in uh survival mechanisms because the reality is is famine killed most people it was i think famine uh viruses pathogens and diseases killed humans and you know people just starved to death and that was quite common throughout history in the last hundred years we, for the most part, have solved that issue because of these modern convenience of cooking and processing and preserving. So I'm not here to condemn those things. I'm just saying, hey, it's, it's, it's made our life this, but at the expense of our metabolism because in order to break down these foods, our body has to manufacture our own enzymes. And in order to do that, that's very metabolically costly. And because of that, we're getting those enzymes manufactured by converting smooth muscle tissue or uh, striated muscle tissue back into enzymes so that we can break down the food. And in doing so, there is a cost to our physiology and to our function. And so initially, our problem is we're expending too much energy to digest our food and eventually we, we, we burn out the pathways. So that's amylase for carbohydrates, lipase for fats, protease for um, proteins, cellulase for plants, and there's a variety of other enzymes. But those are the big four. And then the next stage is do you have enough hydrochloric acid? And by the time you're 40 or beyond, most people aren't producing enough hydrochloric acid. Therefore, they're more susceptible to viral infections, more susceptible to bacterial infections. They are more susceptible to gas and bloating and not digesting the food because what happens, these undigested proteins end up in the intestinal tract. And guess what? The bacteria, the bad bacteria now feed on that, produce indol, scadol, and all of a sudden I'm feeling depressed every morning when I wake up and I don't know why. And then finally, the last stage is we've got a war going on in our intestinal tract that oftentimes we've treated with antibiotics. Now, antibiotics have saved millions of people, and I'm not discounting that, discrediting it, or saying they're not bad, but we've overprescribed them. We're now using, uh, we've now had the rise of superbugs in hospitals. The most dangerous place you can go nowadays is have a surgery. And one of my friends who's a surgeon says, you know, uh, surgery has advanced so much that the, the cause of death isn't from the surgery the bigger risk to the person is getting an infection from the surgery from these superbugs that they can't kill with antibiotics. So getting your microbiome in order, because every time you take one of those, it wipes out the microbiome, which most people have been on that. They don't have the custom thing, so they're not able to make that last phase of conversion. And then eventually we sit all the time. So this leads to constipation. We're dehydrated all the time. We're in fight or flight too much because we've got the blue light, the computers, and all this sort of stuff stimulating us all the time. That puts us in an energetic system or we're eating in front of the TV or eating in front of the computer and all these sort of things that we all do. And all of these things are contributing. On top of that, we've got herbicides. Pesticides, fungicides, which interrupt the enzymatic processes of living organism. That's how it kills it, right? Are coming into our food, and that's doing damage to our microbiome. It's doing damage to our system. It's creating inflammation inside the body. And then we have the cultivation of genetically modified foods, which our body doesn't know how to handle and recognizes it as a toxin. So you stack all of these things up. This is why the population at large, across the board, everybody has compromised digestion. You will never reach your fully human potential if you're not addressing your digestive health issues. And to prove this, what's the end result? The end result is we all end up in the hospital someday on life support for the last eight to 12 weeks of our life, which 85% of our medical costs go into keeping people alive the last eight to 12 weeks. We have highly advanced technology that monitors every single part of our lives at that point. And it's really good, but it's too late, right? You know, we're like, oh, well, sorry, we, you have the discussion with the family and, you know, there's nothing we can do. But what nowadays in the biohacking world is we're able to take some of that technology, some of that information of monitoring your health and do this before we can course correct before we end up in that situation. And that's where the emergence of this field and biohacking and biological optimization and the cultivation of superhumanism uh, is now on the rise. And that's an exciting conversation. So I'm not to say all that darkness to... To, to say, hey, this is bad, or condemning what's happened in the world. I think the world is in a better place than it's ever been in history. 
I think we've got technology. The fact that we're communicating from across the pond as we are is fantastic. We can share this information. But fundamentally, if you want to be at your best, you got to start investing in your digestive health system because everything else beyond that will only be accelerated. And if you don't, you're only going to get a percentage of what you could possibly get out of it. So that was a long-winded rocket ride. So, <laughs> no man, I love the ride. I love that shit. I was uh, I was strapped in on that one, Wade. Uh, with the uh, so yeah, just going ahead with the with looking at digestive health. Then, obviously, uh, diet-wise, if we look back, like I'm, I really love ancestral diets in terms of the pillars of health, which is one of them being fermented, sprouted foods is where you're going to get the sort of uh, the bacteria you're looking for what sort what's the sort of um what's what's your main go-to for in foods and then supplement form and then i would almost i'd want to know what your uh what your perspective is on the specific strains of bacteria that we should be looking for and what's the because i know that i mean in most uh most probiotic formulas they focus on like a very small spectrum of the, the millions of bacterial colon, uh, colonies that's out Colonizing there. forming units, yeah. Yeah, CFU. Yeah, and I know that this is uh, something that you're very switched on about and you know what's what. And it must be interesting for you just to see all of these new products come out and just you can literally, it's like you've got x-ray vision where you just look on the back and you can see the strains and you're just like, bullshit, bullshit, good, bullshit. And... Yeah, let, let us know. So first, let's go, go sure. around. Let's start off with the foods, uh, natural foods, fermented, sprouted, whatever one's come to mind, which you would say is your sort of go-to. And then let's go into the supplement world and sort of, um, and then sort of let's, yeah, let's break that apart and see what's going on there. That's great. Great questions. And I think um, in going back to an ancestral part, I think this is really key. And that is virtually every successful culture, and what I mean by that is cultures that, that were able to allow humans to kind of go to their natural evolutionary point, has developed some, some sort of fermentation process in order to put good probiotics back into the body. They, these, these, even if they didn't know what was going on, they were able to determine that it had health benefits. So if you're from uh, European descent, you're looking at things like a great example would be sauerkraut. Uh, that was a product that was, you know, developed and cultivated. If you're also looking to the original probiotic studies going back to uh, L. bulgaricus, which was a probiotic that was developed by Bulgarian peasants that they would make in this kefir fermentation, which is the whole study of probiotics into the modern scientific world. These people live to be, you know, a hundred years old and they eat this, they make this kefir at night, they eat it in the morning, they eat it in the afternoon, they eat it in the evening. And they noticed that they had robust health. And so that was where the whole probiotics world started to, to get expanded upon. Um, and of course, we, you know, you can go back to the, to the uh, Pascal Pasteur uh, debate. And Pasteur being the one that said, hey, you know, you kill the pathogens. And uh, Pascal saying, no, you control the terrain. And supposedly... Uh, Pascal actually said that, uh, excuse me, Adam Beauchamp was, was the other fella. Uh, Beauchamp said, you control the train. He said, yeah, Beauchamp's right, but uh, that's not confirmed. That's the rumor, but that happened for him. And so I think in the health area, we, do, we understood that cultivating a good microbiome, uh, that's the good bacteria inside your system. And every species, or every culture has developed it. So if you're in Asia, you would maybe gravitate to more like, uh, kimchi or misu or these things because those are the, the the species that tend to ferment well you can ferment uh, things on soy that wasn't genetically modified in those times and so they've developed and those those block the enzyme inhibitors and the same thing for you know things like sauerkraut or things like uh, you know what the bulgarian peasants were using with their kefir supplements or same thing if you go to greek the Greeks, their diet, they developed their own form of kefir. And so we, and we, people used to drink whole milk, which was a, one of the best – milk is actually one of the best mediums to date to grow probiotics. And I, I have a theory that the milk that a child is given from her, the mother is actually food for the bacteria so that they cultivate and develop and formate the digestive system properly. And I think a lot of people were on formula. A lot of people are, are not given – or they're pasteurized milk and stuff. And they're not getting that. And I think – 
feeding the bacteria is essential from prebiotics and postbiotics. And so when you go on the supplements today, most people are taking a mishmash of maybes that don't have the proper prebiotics and the proper postbiotics so that it can colonize, or they're having competing strains inside the probiotics, so they're actually fighting with each other, the food. There's no hope of it uh, colonizing inside the system, so people are wasting their money. They're much better off to uh, pick. What I suggest is to go through a list of uh, various fermented foods, whatever it is. Just go down through the list. Pickle, from everything from pickles to sauerkraut to miso to whatever, and start testing. Make it yourself. Try it yourself. Find a brand that you like or whatever and experiment and journal how you feel. Journal how much energy you have. Journal if you're getting gas or dysfunction. or And guess what? With one of these, these little notebooks, you'll find out more about how the probiotics are having than all the latest and greatest scientific testing. And I say I always bring it back to our self-observation abilities. So that's, that's kind of the milieu there for myself. Uh, the products I like, I, I usually have some sauerkraut every week. I have, um, uh, I, I'm a, I'm a confessed kombucha aholic. I'm gonna have to go to like KA or something. I, I'm a connoisseur of that. Part. I don't drink, uh, but I do love my fermented. Uh, I, I love that. I also will do uh, various forms of pickles and things like that, which are kind of traditional in my my upbringing. My mom makes all that stuff and things like that. So I, I, I like those typ- typically fermented vegetables, and then I make my own coconut kefir. Uh, every evening, uh, which mm. I mix up uh, a mixed coconut and uh, a product that we developed to make it. It's a super probiotic. So I think we're moving into the age of, of super pro we have super bacteria, but we can make super probiotics through cultivating particular uh, environments to make it. And I make that every single night and eat that uh, as a way of making sure I'm wiping out the bad guys, particularly. With the, um, just before, so I wanted to get on to some specific strains that would be good for uh, certain reasons. But before we get into that, I kind of just want to take a little tangent sure. uh, with prebiotics. Yeah. What's, what's your viewpoint on them? Well, here's the latest research, and I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not saying this is an absolute, so I want to be careful where I go down this road. So for example, I think it was um, Naveen Jain developed the Viome test, which is basically a home test to to test probiotics. They tested over 53 different strains in scientific studies and none of them were colonizing. Well, when we worked with our probiotic scientists who helped us cultivate our own products, one of the things that is really key in order for a probiotic to take hold or colonize inside your body is that it has to have the right amount of prebiotics and postbiotics. And these are prebiotics are essentially the food that that organism is going to survive on in order that it's going to have enough to colonize. And you see, there's a war going on for resources inside your intestinal tract. And if you put a probiotic strain in it, but it doesn't have the food to survive, it's not going to make it. And that's why we develop fermented foods in the first place, because that is the perfect prebiotic to grow. So you take that in the food, you know, uh, cabbage, for example, in sauerkraut, it's really, it digests very slowly. Miso with soy and things like that, digest very slowly and with sources of food for those organisms until they can take hold and develop a colony. And then this, those bacteria hook into our nervous system and start altering the foods that we crave so that we actually choose the foods that will help them to live. So people are suffering from sugar cravings and all this stuff is because they got a bunch of bad bacteria that's jacked into your nervous system that's telling your brain at two o'clock in the morning to run out to the local convenience store and wipe out a bag of chips or a bunch of, uh, or a bunch of uh, sugar or candy or whatever because they're hungry, mm. right? And the question is now becomes like, I don't even know if we're really human. I mean, we got more bacteria than we have cells by five or 10 times. The, the debate is out there. So we've got this kind of mushroom ship for the bacteria who are running our brain and we think we're at the controls, but I'm not so sure about that. So um, again, the prebiotics that are used, so for example, we use a stabilized rice band that doesn't cause any inflammation or doesn't cause any uh, allergic reactions that we know that the, the, the probiotic is going to live and be supportable in the gastrointestinal tract and that we have a patent on that process because we had to figure out how to make these guys survive. 
you know, and, and the other thing is, is the whole colonizing strain is a very, is up for debate as Viome and those guys tested. And we've tested some of the top guys out there, like Ben Greenfield and stuff. They were taking all kinds of probiotics. None of them were taking a hold in the system. So there's two different types of strains, colonizing strains and transient strains. Transient strains are bacteria that comes into the system, stay for a while, double really rapidly, wipe out bad guys and leave. Colonizing strains are units that actually supposedly take hold in the digestive system. And to date, very few companies will pass that rigid test. Mm-hmm. Almost nobody does. And so I, that we focused on a transient strain to fight out, to go in there, wipe out the bad guys, and hopefully uh, your diet will be able to feed the good guys in a way that will allow you to have the best health possible for you and your environmental conditions and your goals. So I know that a lot of people are going to be like shocked about like, what does that all mean? Well, what it means is probably 95% of people that are taking probiotics are wasting their money. Yeah, that's my general consensus as well. That's kind of what I've just uh, briefly before I started this, the Primal Alchemy brand, I used to work in a health food store and I would see all of the generic probiotics formulas and i was just like looking at them and i was just like oh this is this is bullshit like this these aren't what you guys need to be taking and it's interesting because i came across your uh products maybe two years ago or so Mm -hmm. and yeah they they really are next level so you're saying that you've got the um You've got the transient strains and you've got the, the other strain was what side of cultivating? Well, we don't do the cultivation because I, I think uh, the colonizing strains, first off, if you're randomly shotgunning colonizing strains and it does take colonies, oftentimes you could develop something like SIBO, which is very popular with the whole spore thing. Yeah. And so maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And that's something I'm not willing to take a risk on with people uh, where I'm advocating stuff. So, I think that over the next five to 10 years, we're going to get really down on how to make a good prebiotic, postbiotic, what strains. I do believe in today's world that experimenting with single strains is probably superior for people than to try and take a, you know, you know, cause now it's like, how many strains can I get? There's an assumption if I, one guy has eight and another guy has 10 and the other guy has 24 strains. Well, the 24 strain must be better, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just natural human, you know, poor deduction, poor logic. Um, you know, cause we have this kind of more mentality. So I think for people, they should experiment with individual strains. I think good strains to experiment with is, um, what we did, we took L plantarum, which is a robust strain. And then we put it through a patented process to make it a super strain of probiotic. In other words, we subjected it to extreme conditions that most of them die off. And then what emerges out of that over a period of time is that you have a super strain of bacteria that's antiviral, antiretroviral, protolytic, digest tumors, all that sort of stuff. That's all in the U.S. patent. You have to prove this scientifically to get a patent. And so mm-hmm. we were able to do that. Ken, if you've got no patent on the, on the probiotic strain, or you've got no demonstrable proof through a, a, a test with either a medical doctor or a home test that your product is colonizing or actually doing what it says it done, well, then what are you taking? You're, 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 you're taking a, I always call it the Me Too movement. It started a long time ago. Yeah, we got that strain, Me Too. You know, we got that <laughs> strain, too, right? So it's, you know, it's a Me Too. And, and the reality is, is most companies are, are, are in it for money. Um, you know, knowing that the, the, the challenges that my sister experienced and the devastation that caused at such an early age got me motivated to really find this. And being a personal trainer and seeing people uh, you know, realize their full potential. That excited both Matt and myself. And we said, you know, we will never, ever, ever compromise our quality. Our, you know, and that's why our products that are premium brand, they're premium prices, they're well-researched. But at the end of the day, um, you know, it's tough. I do think that there's some good, uh, I think if you take L uh, vulgaricus, I think that's well-researched. I think that's a good one. We don't actually make that product, but that's a good colonizing strain that I think people can experiment with. What I would tell them to do is start making their own kefir at home with it and see that it's fermenting. Then you know that you have at live units that are actually working if they, if they won't ferment. Uh, so 
do a little research, take out, find out how long it should take to fermentation, see those fermentation processes. And if you have that, well, then you know you got something that's going to work. And then, uh, you know, you experiment and test and do your testing and, and see what's going to work. And that, that seems like a long, drawn-out process, but it's the only one that I know that people can actually prove that something's actually working. Nice. Bad. That was a pretty good explanation, Wade. <laughs> you broke that one down well. So, uh, yeah, so we've got an idea of the sort of um, specific strains to look out for and the effects that they have on the body. Food aside, what are some environmental triggers that are going to affect our digestive tract? So it, yep. you, can, you can hit this from any angle you want, um, but I'm interested to know what your perspective is on this from, yeah, m- multiple angles. Like where would you start? Well, I'll start back when we moved originally from hunter-gatherer species to the agricultural industry, which lasted, I don't know, 10 or 12,000 years. So as hunter-gatherers, we automatically moved and migrated uh, with a limited food supply and was very seasonal. And so I think that we were able to cultivate and develop various probiotic strains because we were getting it from the food that we ingested. There was no chemicals or toxins on the food or anything like that that we have today. We moved into the agricultural age and that ran into a variety of challenges. And that's why we had the feast or famine and stuff. And so actually our diets actually became less robust as we moved into that agricultural age and people started focusing on particular strains. And we cultivated farming methodologies that actually weaken the plants. So if you look at most of the superfoods today, what's a superfood? Well, it's grown in some place that hasn't been affected by humans. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so uh, it grows in the jungle. It has to compete against other strains. It becomes a must robust, stronger, nutrient-dense strain. But through the cultivation and expansion of human societies, we started using alternative methods. And then at World War II, um, that's, that's where we really took the right turn, I think, or the, the left turn at, at, at the forks. After the war, um, we had all this extra nitrogen left over from bomb making. He said, well, what can we use this for? And scientists came up with the wonderful idea that we could put nitrogen in the soil and that would, it would speed up the growth of our plants. Hmm. Now, the, the downside of that is we drop the protein content in all our plants. And that's why it's so difficult for vegetarians and vegans in order to maintain their protein content. Because wheat at the turn of the century was 90% protein and now it's less than 7%. That's how people lived on bread in the Middle Ages and they can't now. Wow. So, and that's right in the U- U.S., uh, it was in, it, the U.S. government was, had a report in 1900 about the degradation of, of protein content in wheat. It was a big issue. And then after the World War II, we started creating monoculturing. So we used to rotate crops. We'd pl- grow hemp, put it back into the soil to reconstitute the soil and make it so that we could grow nutrient foods. Well, if you go out to Canada, uh, out into Western Canada, you'll see when the, the farmers would have this, their own crops, they start rotating it, and then they grow the single monoculture government sponsored crops in order that it could sell. And then they, they develop things like wheat councils or maize councils or soy councils or dairy councils who were governing bodies that determined how those things would be regulated or subsidized or whatever, which we have in the United States with corn and soy. And then because of the monoculturing, the plants would start to weaken. So we had to ro- get genetic modification on the food and yes the food would last longer yes the food would grow longer but we don't know the effects because now we're changing millions of years of evolution in one generation and we don't have the ability to digest this stuff so a lot of the inflammatory issues around soy around gluten around corn because that food isn't food that we're able to digest we don't know how to break it down and so if you can't digest it you can't absorb it you can't utilize it And so then you're dealing with inflammatory conditions and then other bacteria strains will come into it. On top of that, not only have we exhausted the minerals and not only have we depleted the protein content and depleted the enzyme content of these foods and cooked the foods and processed the foods, we use herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides. And those things are developed to interrupt the enzymatic activity. Enzymes are the difference between the living and the dead right? Enzymes perform over 25,000 different chemical reactions inside the body. They are the accelerators. They are the reason why people do better on fasting because you free up your enzymatic potential. Check out uh, Dr. Edward Hall on enzyme nutrition, food enzymes for health and longevity. And you'll see that the one thing that we know, if you want to live a long period of time, eat less. And I said, well, why is it that you eat less? It's because you're not exhausting, quote unquote, your enzyme bank account, which is the metabolic ability to convert the food that you're eating. That, that has an energetic cost. 
and why I think intermittent fasting has now become so popular because people are naturally saying, hey, uh, I've got to find a way to survive. And this is an unconscious pattern to say my 80 or 90 or whatever that age is for that person. So it says, I need to stop eating food in order to make the whole gate. Because I, I, I don't know. I think, I think maybe your numbers are already punched up before you show up on the planet. But that's a whole other esoteric topic. <laughs> and we start cultivating practices and procedures because I've seen people that have horrible diets, horrible lifestyles, and they live to be 100 years old. I've seen other people that live perfect conditions and they're dead at 35. So I think there's other factors outside of what we can control because we kind of follow this old, outdated Newtonian paradigm of causality to explain everything. And uh, I think that's a limited paradigm. And, and, and it ensures some predictive processes and makes us all feel good at night and safe in our beds. But the reality is there's a lot of unpredictability in the matrix that I think uh, quantum dynamics is trying to un, unconquer or unpack. But how many people understand quantum mechanics? Like, you know, maybe a few thousand people on the planet. And I don't say that I do. I just understand some of the principles of it. So, yeah, that these, are, these are the modern things. Then we've got preservatives. Then we've got dyes. Uh, that are added to food. We've got uh, excessive heating, packaging, plastics. We're finding plastics now in the skin tissue of people. We're selling the chemical agents that are around. So all of these things are killing off and screwing up our bacteria inside our system. And that's changing that 10-80-10, that delicate balance of the microbiome. And all of a sudden you wake up in the morning and you're depressed because you're not able to convert the protein into the polypeptide chains that makes your health. And now we have a population in the United States where most of this is going on in extreme levels, where 75% of the population is on prescription medication. 12% of the hospital visits, get this, emergency hospital visits, 12% of them, more than one in 10, are related to gastrointestinal-related illnesses. Cancer, heart disease, okay, diabetes, all related to our diet and lifestyle, okay? So the reality is, is all these conditions, like Hippocrates, the father of medicine, said, hey, all disease, all health begins in the gut. And now we're actually seeing this 95 million Americans on a given date. So I'm using that because that's where the studies are. You can extrapolate this over the rest of the population are suffering from some form of digestive illness on any given day. That's a third of the population that are saying, I feel bad. I feel worse than I normally feel. And they, none of them are talking about how to feel like a superhuman, how to feel optimized, how to have endless energy, how to net, like someone was asking me and I was like the other day and I said, yeah, I, I actually don't ever feel tired. They're like, what do you mean? I said, well, I go to bed because I'm supposed to, but sometimes I'll have to stay up for two days. I don't sleep. I'm fine. You know, I sleep a little bit extra the next night and I feel great. You know, so I think that we're really, we don't have enough examples of superhumanism, and that's why I really respect what you're doing. You're, you're out there on the bleeding, cutting edge. You're not taking the standard norm, the, the ordinary. You're, you're cultivating a culture of people who are saying, you know what? Okay isn't good enough. The, the average isn't enough because average sucks. Average is depressing. Who yeah. wants to be average? Let's be extraordinary. I think the fact that we're spinning on this piece of dirt on the end of the universe is an extraordinary experience. I mean, what's more extraordinary than life and why won't we do the things to enhance it and get the most out of it? You know, it's not all about going to work, getting your pay and buying yourself a mortgage and a car. It's about experiencing the vibrancy of life or sensory experience or emotional experience the richest of the human condition and, and no digital technology no superfood can do that it's a way of being way of looking and so i think that these chemical agents have brought to our attention and so nothing is neither good or bad they served a purpose but mm -hmm. today in this conversation it's serving as a hey there's a better way. There's a more optimal way. And I think we're on the bleeding edge of uncorking a lot of great breakthroughs in, in, in health and longevity and uh, vibrancy technology. Yeah, I, I believe so as well, Wade. It's literally just like you said, it's like people we've been conditioned and programmed to accept, to be, accept that it's okay to be ordinary. It's okay to, man, I've got a bit of a headache today or, oh, my stomach's not feeling too good. But, you know, it's, it's the norm. It's not fucking normal. It's not meant no. to be like that. You're not meant to feel shit. You're meant, you're right. destined to be superhuman. That's what we are. We are living gods. We are gods, but we have forgotten that we are. And because of that, we've been locked into this 
mind mind frame which obviously the mind frame has a massive influence on our actual state of being that we're just ordinary we're just we're just people we're just here by chance we're just the result of a randomized um, chance that this molecule reacted with that molecule and here we are and yeah that's that's the way it's gonna be and but it's not the case and we've just accepted this form of mediocrity and it pisses me off so much and that's why like this is such a passion of mine in order to show people that this isn't this isn't the path that you have to walk like you're not meant to feel shit we're here to experience life. We're here to go through our own journey, our own journey of self-actualization. And you, in order to do that and live life optimally, you need, like, you need to be at your best. You, you, can't, you can't do all of the cool shit that the hero journey is going to present to you on your path if you feel ill as fuck all the time. Like when you like when you go and watch the stories of old, when you like when you see Hercules when he's doing his twelve labors, he didn't feel shit. He wasn't some weak ass bitch that just whined about his digestive issues all day. He was out beasting it and just being a complete demigod. And that's we all have that same capability inside of us, and we've just for some reason lost interest in wanting to become superhuman, something more than what we than what we are in the present moment and it's um i feel like it's multiple reasons attached to that i feel it's the way that we are raised conditioned and programmed from a young age in order to not step out of line keep to the plan if you step out of line then well the uh the sheep herd will uh you're you're you'll be put in line either uh, by the rest of the herd or by the pe- by the shepherd himself or by the sheepdog in fact um yeah and it's it's interesting it, we're in a we're in a very interesting uh, age that we're living in in that there are the outliers now there are people like ourselves that are putting ourselves out on the line that are be that are trying to stand for something and trying to show people that it's there's levels to this once you start to take care of your health, this is how I see it. I almost see it like there is a hierarchy to this, that once you begin to take care of your health and you build your body from the inside out, you gain these supernatural abilities. You, you begin to connect with your body. You begin to increase your own in, in, innate body intelligence. And when you begin to connect to that, that's when you start getting into the metaphysical shit. That's when you start getting into the spiritual shit because you start to see behind the veil. Your body starts to operate and it's like a computer starting to uh, boot up and it's like you've rebooted it on a new operating system. We've been stuck running on Windows 98 and fucking hell, we're living in 2019. Who wants Windows anymore? I want OS, uh, whatever the latest Mac software is. I I don't know what it is now. I think it's on... something crazy like maverick or some shit like that that's probably a few years old now um but yeah you know what the point is i'm trying to make it's we could be living on a an operating on a system that's way more advanced than people could even comprehend because of the current paradigm that we're living in and we're kept in a state of low vibration ill health and fear and that's it and those are the three modalities. Those are the three things that you have to change. You have to flip it on its head in that you operate out of love on a higher frequency. And that's when you start to activate your superhuman potential. And that's what they need people like us for, Wade. We need to be out there delivering this sort of information. We've all got our own little specialties, our own little niches and where we come from. And for people that are listening to this that are going to come from it may be you start off with your digestive health good then you start to look you then you start the digestive health as a direct reflection on your mental health your the once you start to really get those in alignment then your spiritual health your metaphysical health your light body it begins to all your the pieces of the puzzle begin to connect and you begin to see what your true potential is and when you see what your true potential is you gravitate towards your purpose in life when you're on that path, that's where the magic happens. And that's where you're going to reach your destiny, the destiny of self-actualization. And that's, that's, the, that's the point of the game, the game of life. 
this spiritual reality game that we're all uh, virtual reality that we're all plugged into our body is a biological temple in, and we have to build it in order that the the god source the higher self has a a place that's worthy of it and if it's not worthy if you don't see the ancient gothic cathedrals looking like shit they were built very precisely and very very uh very under yeah a lot a lot a lot of uh knowledge and a lot of wisdom went into building that and it's the same knowledge and wisdom that has to go into building our bodies and once we build them correctly that's when we can begin to channel these other forces these higher forces through us in order to experience life in an optimal manner and um yeah i really did appreciate everything that you were saying Wade, about the digestive health like it's it's great for me as well just to really dial in my own knowledge as well when it comes to this um normally i've got pretty sound knowledge on all this stuff but i always love talking to experts like yourself that really help just kind of yeah just really sharpen sharpen my sword when it comes to this stuff so then i can help other people along the way and be able to break it down easier for them because that's something you do so well is what it's like you you articulate this knowledge very well and it's you articulate it in a way that's easily to die sorry for the pun digest and retain comprehend and integrate and that's what it's all about guys everyone that's listening to this it's like wade dropped some fucking serious knowledge there and it's all well and good listening to this and being able to remember what strains wade said and what what to eat what not to eat but you need to do it you need to embody this and when you embody this knowledge you transmute it into your wisdom you transmute it into your own truth and it becomes something so much more powerful than than being able to quote the latest scientific journal the latest peer-reviewed study and this is the shit that we all need to be practicing and it's the practicing of this you begin to own your craft and build the body that your that your soul needs in order to really get that inner connection with yourself and uh yeah wait i'm literally looking at the time now man i've literally i've had you for the hour so i really want to say uh thanks for coming on man i would love to get you on again i'd love to have you on even longer because there's so many so much more things that i'd love to be able to talk to you about but i know that you're a busy man and i respect your time and uh yeah just thanks for coming on man yeah, great to be here and uh, I salute your work and I encourage the listeners too is recognize, you know, if you look at the hero's journey, you have to go get the journey, you have to go fight the dragons, you have to deal with the competing stuff. It's not all roses, doesn't all work out, uh, but each experience you learn and success is always guaranteed. Success is the journey. Stepping out from the village after the dragon torched the place, that's what it is. And, and I'm not here to condemn, I think. Uh, the world as it is today, I think the world is the perfect setup. I think we're in the right place at the right time. You're listening to the right people. And it's activating and there's a symbiotic relationship between the information disseminated and the desire to hear the information and your own pathways. Whoever is listening to this right now and experiencing this right now, know that you're on the right path. You're in the right place. You're doing the right thing. Take the next step. Be open. Be flexible experiment, be willing to make mistakes, be willing to, to take chances. And then uh, you'll be surprised that one day you come to a place and you go, wow, this is amazing. I, 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 I never knew that I didn't know, but I really did know. And that's why I went the journey anyways. Yes. Love it, Wade. So guys, hopefully you've really enjoyed this one. And for everyone that was, uh, that's been listening and they've really liked what they've, what they've heard today, Wade, where can they find more from you? Like if you've got website that people can go to if you got if you want to do a little bit about what yeah what's what you got to offer everyone sure i got i got something special for everybody here today um by optimizers.com slash alchemy so if you go to that link what people get access to i've created a 12-week double your energy awesome health course awesome is the acronym i use to kind of approach health air water exercise sunlight optimizers mental beliefs and attitude education and toasting the seven pillars what i feel will help you develop awesome health there are uh, 84 different five to 15 minute videos where are summaries of the information, education, experts that I was able to garner in my own journey. I didn't solve all these problems. I just compiled them into a usable framework and uh, systematically put them together that people can look at, dive deeper, see where I learned that stuff, experiment. I'm giving it away to everybody here. Uh, they can enjoy that. 
they'll also get some special discounts if they want to try our digestive health products from that when they click on that link by optimizer.com slash alchemy. And, uh, you know, it's just a real joy to connect and, and, and contribute that. And by the way, for those who don't know, um, we do have a 365-day guarantee on any product that you purchase from our company. In other words, it didn't work for you. We've got 365 days to return it. We give you all your money back. If you bought a product you thought was going to solve one pro- challenge and it didn't, call our agents. Uh, we've got customer support reps that I train personally. I answer all the questions that come into the company directly. Uh, so literally thousands and thousands. I spend a question. I spend hours every week answering questions that and training my staff to answer them. So if we have a product that didn't work for them, call and tell them what they were taking for. We'll send you the product that we think will fix it. And if that doesn't fix it, we'll give you money on both of them back. So you don't even, you don't even pay for the second one. We'll just take <laughs> care of it. The bottom line is, is we're, we fix digestion better than anybody out there. And we're committed to it. And if we can't fix it, you get your money back. It's really that simple. And we'll send you off to the next person and maybe they can help you. But most people will find that we've got the, the, the ability to service them and we're excited about it. We're delighted and we're grateful to be here. Thank you so much for having us, having us on the show. Fuck. Damn it, Wade, man. I need to get some tutoring off you on how to sell my shit like that. That was, that was next level, man. I love it. What about um, just for yourself as well, Wade? Are you on any social media? Anything like that where people can get hold of I, you? You know, yeah, I'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to social media. They go to buy optimizers. We do post stuff. I do show up there every now and then and, and do stuff. They can check out our Awesome Health podcast. I try and bring in some you know guests that are helping me on my own journey. I don't feel that I know everything or advocate everything. I'm always in a state of learning. Uh, you know, everything is kind of subjective and provisional or information. We know that some of the things that we know, we don't really know. And some of the things we have yet to discover and some things that we think we know, we really don't know. So that's why we keep uh, upgrading and improving your information. And uh, so you can reach me out there by optimizer.com, Facebook, uh, you know, or way lighter. They can find me there. I, I don't talk too much about health in my Facebook, my own Facebook. I just kind of talk about random things when I get motivated about something. <laughs> that's, that's cool, man. There's time and a place for it. So, uh, all right, signed. In which case, guys, let's uh, let's call this one a night. It's um, what are we on? Episode thirty-two now. Fuck, man, it's starting to compile these episodes up. So, guys, hopefully you're still enjoying it. Hopefully you're still giving me a little bit of your time of day, still putting up with me and all of the rants that I like to go on. But uh, really tried to really trying to bring on some top top-notch guests, and hopefully you really enjoyed Wade today and. Let's uh let's call this one a night. Wade, thanks for coming on, man. And guys, as always, stay woke as fuck and I'll catch you on the next episode.